Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Yes, and it was a very expensive shipment because the items are small and high dollar. So whereas a container would usually be worth like a quarter million dollars or something, this container was worth more than a million dollars. About 60% of the inventory was recovered. The other 40% has been fenced and the it's all showing up on Amazon. What does uh, fenced mean? Uh, where the guy who stole it is then uh, flipping it to people who are buying stolen goods from him. Yes. Leslie Hensel, welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I am beyond excited. You are an Amazon powerhouse, the co-founder of Riverbend, and now a published author. Y'all, get ready to unlock the secrets of Amazon selling success because Leslie is going to rock this episode with some packed insights. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Now. I am so excited you're here, and I'm super excited because we get to chat about your new book, The Amazon Incubator, Grow Your Business or Hatch a New One. Congratulations first on this launch, and tell us, like, what inspired you to write this book, and what are we going to gain from it? Well, thank you. I am thrilled about this project. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And, you know, part of the real inspiration is I work with suspended sellers every day. That is my day job, that I work with people who their products have been taken off of Amazon. They've lost their account on Amazon. And a lot of those folks are the victims of some of the guru programs out there. So the get rich quick schemes, I'm not talking about coaches who really teach you something. Those people are very valuable. I'm talking about the, hey, come over here, give me $20,000. I'll do it all for you. You're going to make a million bucks. Um, It's there's so many dangerous models out there. And these wannabe entrepreneurs who have skills, who have ability, who have some capital or want to have a great side hustle for their family. Um, they they get sucked into these programs looking at the cool Lamborghinis and the awesome watches uh, when what most of them really want is a, a business that they can accomplish some goals for their family. And so I wanted to create a book that was really kind of the back to the basics. Here's how you can accomplish your goals. Let's talk about what your goals are. Let's talk about what selling model works for your goals and your personal abilities and your time instead of trying to shoehorn everyone into some magic program. I love it. Yes, yes. And exactly what it is, is playing on people's emotions. It's like, oh, hey, I built this Amazon business. I know everything. I made a couple of videos. Well, we know that's not true. Like I I got AMZ Insiders to teach me to sell. And that's how I grew from zero to a million. And the main part was that I was learning from a trusted from Jamie Davidson, who was a proven seller that had been selling for over 10 years and the program had been around for a long time. And it's real one-on-one coaching. And I have to tell you, I love that you brought this up because it it hurts my heart when people want to sell and they they are trusting somebody and they I don't want to call it a scam, but you know, it it doesn't work out. It's not what was promised. And that's terrible because 
I really believe that if somebody has the will, the confidence, and the patience to sell on Amazon, you can be successful. Oh, I completely agree with that. That's why I called the book the Amazon Incubator, because Amazon is the greatest small business incubator in the history of the world. There is no other place where so many millions of businesses have been launched. You can test drive a new product idea. Used to, if you had a great idea for a specialty product, you had to try and get it into retailers. That is so hard to do when you have no sales track record. Now you can test it on Amazon. It's a great place to go to start a business. But like for me, I've been selling since 2010. Um, but my goals were never to only work five hours a week. My goals were never to drive a Lamborghini. That wasn't me. Um, my goals were around my family. And I think that's really the approach that I took in this book is let's look at what you want to do, because if you're driven and you have goals, there is a way to make them happen on Amazon. You just have to understand what they are and what the methods are that fit your lifestyle, fit your long-term success. And that's what I want for people is long-term success, not short-term it worked. And then, oh my gosh, I lost all my money. Yeah, correct. And the business model, the way somebody runs their Amazon business might not be the right fit in exactly the way other people's run it. And when I share my selling story, like, hey, I did FBA and I did FBM, it is, it's like, I'm not bursting your dream bubble. I, I was a mom. I just wanted to be there to pick my kid up from soccer and take him to school. It was okay for me to be doing FBM, which is fulfilled by merchant as well as fulfilled by Amazon. So I, I, there were weeks where I was shipping stuff out of my garage and then eventually a small warehouse. So I have shipped orders uh, many, many times. And in fact, I actually used merchant fulfilled shipping as a lesson for my kids. Um, they handled all of our merchant fulfilled shipping for a long time. It was their side job. When they were a little bitty, um, my younger son, who's now 16, when he was two years and three years old, he was stickering products. Um, and then I think they started doing Merchant Fulfilled each when they were about 11 or 12. Um, and then as they got older, then one of them would fulfill the orders and the one who could drive would take them to the post office. So a lot of it for us has been uh, having a family business. And paying for, we paid for special needs school. We've paid for therapy. My older kid's on the spectrum. And we did a whole lot of very expensive therapy, homeschooled him. Amazon was actually the way I was able to quit the consulting job that I had then and homeschool him because I could do uh, FBA any time of the day. So I would homeschool all day and do therapy. We did tons of therapy. My husband would come home from work and I would source product. This was back in, you know, RA was everything days, right? I would yeah. go source product. And on the weekend as a family, we'd ship everything to FBA. And that is how we funded uh, homeschool, special needs school and all the therapy. And without me having to also have the job that I used to have and my husband working full time. So it's a tool and you can use it so many different ways. Um, and now my Amazon business is a lot more systematized and nothing is RA and there's, you know, a lot more options that I have and, and it's, uh, it's actually easier to run now than it used to be. Uh, but it can be, it can fit with your lifestyle and it can fit your goals. As long as you understand that you have to build it to fit what you are, who you are, the time you have. Yes, exactly. And you can take your real world 
strategies. I mean, you, your real world strategies that you've learned, put them in your book and I take them and I'm able to coach people. And it really does take tying into the right community and getting the right support to build your Amazon business. And I believe that starts with people who have proven results and people you can trust. Right. And like, I know you, I know Riverbend, I've seen you on stages. And I like obviously highlighting Riverbend suspension, but also you've gone through so much selling experience and you've shifted to have it fit your lifestyle and provide what your dream is. And it's not, you know, going back to the Lambos, it's definitely not (laughs) to have a flashy car. And you know, we, I mean, you, you might, cause you coach like the top 100 sellers, but it's like, those aren't real. Those are to me, people who bounce around, like, uh, maybe they, the NFTs weren't working. So they're back to Amazon and then they're going to jump into something else. Cause it's like they get rich quick and it's really not, it takes consistency. And that's why I'm obsessed with selling. Cause I understand if I consistently put my effort into selling, and I just rinse and repeat, get my systems going, then I'm going to continue to be successful. Well, and hey, if you are someone who wants the Lambo and the expensive watch and and to work from a beach every week, cool, let's do that. If that is what someone wants, let's do it. And let's still walk through the same steps, though, that you understand what the time requirements are. You understand what your personal goals are, what the financial needs you have uh, for financial freedom. I think that's what most of us are looking for. To me, financial freedom does not mean I have unlimited funds in the bank because that is not realistic for 99.9% of us. Um, But what it means is I know I can always pay my bills. I've got income that comes in every month that I know is going to meet my minimums. I'm out of debt. Those kinds of goals where you're living a low stress lifestyle and you can really focus on the things that will help you grow as a person, help you get where you want to be, help you buy the Lamborghini, um, whatever that is. And then, like you said, the steps, how do I find a product? Um, How do I choose between Merchant Fulfilled and uh, FBA? Or do I want to use a 3PL? Um, how do I understand the rules? What rules really matter? Uh, how do I, this was huge section of the book. How do I create processes and then outsource them to a VA? Um, so we touch on all of those subjects in the book and no, it's not like an encyclopedia where you can find absolutely everything, but it will help you think through each of these topics as a new or an existing seller who wants to grow think through the topics and then start really investigating. But to me, one of the challenges with selling on Amazon is that a lot of people don't know anyone who sells on Amazon. You're kind of on an island. I still have to, people ask what I do for a living and I'm like, well, let me try and explain what an appeal writer is for suspended third-party sellers. How how do I explain that? Um, And a lot of sellers feel the same way. So this is, this gives you all of the, thought processes you can go through to then go build it your way that is successful for you. And, you know, it's uh, a little bit ironic and I actually had someone kind of laugh at me and they said, okay, so you're selling a book on how great it is to sell on Amazon because usually all day long, all I do is work on problems with Amazon. 
people right. are having serious issues with Amazon, but I am still the biggest believer, y'all, if you're out there and you're trying to think of how am I going to pay the bills this year? How am I going to have a side hustle? How am I going to take care of my kid who's got these problems and I don't have enough time? How am I going to go on vacation this year? Um, how am I going to get away from this terrible job that I hate? Uh, this This is a reasonable method to try and build out something on your own. And if I didn't really truly believe it, there's no way I would try and shop it to other people. <laughs> yes, that is great advice. And Riverbend, your consulting company, which you started in 2017, you deal with suspensions and challenges for Amazon sellers. And that's just part of one growing and scaling on Amazon. You're going to run into into issues. And, and I get asked that as a coach all the time. And as a seller, like, have I run into issues? Have my, has my account been suspended? Is that a fear to have? And through my journey, it's like, I look at Amazon as the platform you sell on and there's always ways around things and to work through stuff, right? As long as you're trying to be compliant, but there's times you need help. And I, in I mean, I want to ask you, like, how did you decide to create and scale Riverbend based on like Amazon's suspensions and challenges? So back in the day before I, I had my troublesome children um, <laughs> that, that I love with all my heart, but they've, they're, they're a big time investment. Um, before I had those kids, I was an old school business and marketing consultant. And I mean, old school like redesigning people's factory lines, old school, uh, when I was a, a business consultant working at an accounting firm, uh, then moved into a lot of marketing, uh, consulting and PR. And so then once I started selling on Amazon, I went to a couple of conferences and met sellers who were having problems and kind of figured out, you know, I could use those skills from back when I was doing the old school business consulting and work on, um, Amazon account issues. And so uh, I actually worked on appeals for several years before we started at Riverbend Consulting. And my business partner, Joe, was one of my clients. And I got yeah. him reinstated after a very upsetting suspension for him. He's a longtime seller as well. And he called me up and said, you know what, we should do this as a thing because I've got all this sales experience and you've got all this you know, service operations experience. We should, we should put something together. Uh, so we did, and we've we've grown pretty quickly. We have about 85 employees. Uh, we're very fortunate that a lot of our employees are ex-Amazon people. So they worked in seller performance. They worked in account health, seller support. Um, so they have this vast wealth of experience because Amazon doesn't really, they're not very um, seller friendly as far as there's not like a handbook. It's not like you go yeah. on Seller Central and they teach you everything you need to know. That's why the books and the classes all exist and the consultants, because they don't make it easy. Um, and it's and it varies so much from like category to category. If you sell toys, yeah. it's very different from if you're selling groceries or electronics. So um, there's there is a huge need for really in-depth uh, experience of when you have enforcement by Amazon, how to deal with it. And like you said earlier, the best part of my job is I have worked with the number one seller on Amazon and I have worked with tiny mom and pop businesses run out of the people's basements. 
um, that are just getting started. And the variety of people, it's fascinating to get to learn about all their small businesses and what they sell and their motives for selling. It's uh, it's a the best job there is, except for the really stressful suspension part. <laughs> yeah. And you have to care because, you know, it's their business and their livelihood when when somebody gets suspended. So so what are some common reasons for suspensions that sellers should be aware of and how can they avoid them? The most common right now, it's it's interesting because it, it had gone away for a while and like for a couple of years and now it's back, uh, is inauthentic. It is as basic as inauthentic. And that is when buyers of your products have complained that they don't think the product they got is what the listing says it was. Um, they're not saying counterfeit. They're not going that far, but they're saying it's not, oh. not the right product. And for that and so many other suspension types, the number one thing to know, you have to have good invoices and you need them where you can find them when Amazon calls. So number two there of the need to know where they are and can find them and you know map out the product to the invoice, that is where people really fall down. A lot of them have all their invoices um, just in an email folder in a box and they've never really looked at them. And then they actually look at them and they find out the supplier had their company name wrong or had the shipping address wrong. So then Amazon says, wait a minute, that's not really you. Um, or they look at it and they find out actually the product names aren't really on there correctly. So Amazon won't match it up. So ideally you want invoices where it has the full contact information for your supplier and for you that it matches what you have in the back end of your Amazon account. And then for each line item, it's got a UPC. Some suppliers will even put an ASIN on them. So uh, invoices are super important. It sounds, it's so boring, such a boring topic. Um, but if you're ever approached by Amazon and you can just yank out that invoice and it's perfect, you're golden. Uh, so that's a big one right now. Another big one is linked accounts. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. I was curious about that. And wait, you just dropped a gold nugget for me that I should be having my supplier put my ASIN on also. Like I don't have, I guess it's like I have my FNSKU, but I should have them also just put the ASIN on there. Why not? Right. Because they'll set it up the way, especially private label, they'll set it up the way you want them to. Yes. And it's just another, it's, it's just like if they were putting a UPC on for a large manufacturer. And that way you don't even have to go in and annotate or highlight or anything on the invoice if it's ever asked for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to add that. That was really good advice. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. Tell me the second one. Cause this is, this is a hot topic, what you're about to drop. Yeah. So linked accounts, it's crazy because you would think this only applies to older sellers, people who've been on a long time on Amazon. Uh, it, it can hurt you when you're brand new too. Um, so Amazon does allow one seller to have more than one selling account. And you say, awesome, that sounds great. Um, but what they don't allow is for you to ever sell the same product on both accounts. So to be really super safe, you should actually have completely different categories. So if you have more than one account, one should be in beauty and the other one should be in automotive or whatever. You don't want to cross over uh, because they don't want you listing on the same ASINs. Well, uh, here's where the problem can come in. Let's say that 
your ex-boyfriend from 10 years ago and you lived together at some point and you're both selling, he's been selling on Amazon. He got suspended a while back, but you don't know about it because he's your ex. You don't talk anymore. And then you decide, I'm going to sell on Amazon. It'll be great. And you set up your seller account. They will suspend you because they think your account is related to him. And the reason they care is because his is suspended because he did something he wasn't supposed to or whatever. Um, So we have seen crazy cases where let's say there's an extended family. There's five people. They all live in the same house. They're all adults. They all sell different brands. And one of them goes down and Amazon took down the others for related because they think that it might be the same person operating all the accounts. Right. So if you're a, if you're a bad actor on account A, they think you could be a bad actor on account B. And then so what the, about giving access? Like, like, mm-hmm. what's the risk? Is that the same if you give somebody access? So giving access is important for, like, if you have a VA. They have to have access. There's what? just no way around it. You, they cannot file cases for you without access. We get access to client accounts but you've got to make sure that the person getting access knows what they are doing. So they need to be using a VPN. They need to be um, changing the IP address between logging into your account and someone else's account. And here's the most important thing. They should not be using the same email address to log into your account and other people's accounts. So for example, if you're, my my business is Riverbend Consulting. Let's say I'm a seller. I would say, okay, Bobby, um, I'm making you an email address. It's bobby at riverbendconsulting.com. And then on my Amazon account, I would give him access under bobby at riverbendconsulting.com. Well, the reason for that is because if he has on the picker where you're logging into multiple accounts, if one of his other clients gets taken down for code of conduct or something or fraud or something really terrible, it could take you down too because you're using the same employee. But if he has a, a, a domain name email address for your business, he's seen as a contractor or he's seen as a VA who's in the Philippines. He's not seen as a mutual employee. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. And then does it fix it if you just unhook them and show Amazon that you're not giving them access anymore is a a bigger process. So if you get suspended for related accounts where it really kills new sellers, just got to throw this out here real quick. If you're a newer seller is um, a lot of folks had an account like back in college to sell their textbooks or something. Mm -hmm. And then they may not have filled an order. Uh, They were part. I've, I've literally had multiple clients who were like, yeah, I graduated and I was partying too hard. I was really excited and everything. So I listed my textbooks and people bought them and then I never mailed them. Totally. (laughs) I understand that. Yeah. (laughs) So then their little seller account that was just like a reselling my textbooks account got shut down. Uh, And then now they have this cool brand and they're 40. Yeah. (laughs) And they can't register a selling account because it's related. Um, so the, the good news is in cases like that, it's actually, if, if they're really old suspensions, uh, it's easier to get it fixed. You have to go back and appeal the old one to get the new one fixed, to get the new account fixed. We've gotten accounts. I think our oldest one that was suspended was 13 or 14 years ago. Uh, oh, that wow. We've gotten back up, which is nuts. Um, if you actually do have related accounts 
that they make a mistake. Usually if you just show, hey, separate bank accounts, separate ownership, uh, we don't sell the same things on the two accounts, you explain the relationships. A lot of times they'll ask for like a utility bill or something to try and show that the businesses really are separate. They can almost always be fixed. Um, they're just a hassle. Yeah. And how long can that take? So if it's an easier one, it can take, you know, a week to two weeks. If it's rough, uh, we've had them drag out two or three months, especially oh. when people really did the bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we do, you, you can get reinstated when you've really done the bad thing. I mean, most, well, a third of our clients really did the bad thing. A third of them uh, were very naive and made a mistake. And then a third of them, it's false positives by Amazon. Um, so the really did the bad thing. We can still get them reinstated most of the time, uh, but it does take longer than if you're the false positive or the oopsie. Okay. So now that we're talking about the bad thing, obviously for confidentiality reasons, you would never reveal anybody's information, but like, can you give oh, no. me kind of a couple of the common challenges that these top sellers face that may or may not have done the bad thing? Sure. So, and some of them, they have bad things done to them and then, then bad things happen. So I'll, I'll give you an example of that right now. Um, there is a seller with a super cool product, private label, uh, grown on Amazon brand, and they had a massive shipment of goods stolen from Port of LA. Oh, no. And yes. And it was a very expensive shipment because the items are small and high dollar. So whereas a container would usually be worth like a quarter million dollars or something, this container was worth more than a million dollars. Um about 60% of the inventory was recovered. The other 40% has been fenced and the it's all showing up on Amazon. What does uh, fenced mean? Uh, where the guy who stole it is then uh, flipping it to people who are buying stolen goods from him. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the sellers buying the stolen goods seem to realize they're stolen. Some of the sellers do not realize they're stolen. Uh, some of the sellers will then get taken down for selling stolen goods, even though they didn't know. Um, and then, but what's worse for the brand owner, uh, he went into brand registry and reported these folks popping up on his listings uh, with stolen goods. And he reported them as counterfeit because there wasn't a stolen goods option. Oh. So that was his best option. And then Amazon shut down his brand registry like he was the bad person. Oh, no. But mm -hmm. I can totally see how that got flipped. Right. So did he misuse it? Okay, yes. But he didn't really have other options. He submitted cases. They were being ignored. He's trying to get the stolen goods taken down. Um, I, I, I could have done the same thing. I get where he was coming from. So yeah. that's, that's one example. Um Another, we have a lot of people we work with who get busted for review manipulation. Oh, yeah, that's a common one. Today. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about reviews. Like, yeah, what, what, mm -hmm. what is going on with, with reviews and how are people getting busted from like recent reviews or are they going back to like the search find buy and digging all of that up? Generally, Amazon enforces on the last 180 days. They don't usually go later. Okay. Uh, they only go later. Yeah. If they 
if you got uh, taken down for something older than that, and then you did it again, they will refer back to the mm. older time. Like if you're actually suspended. Okay. But they're not looking for activities over 180 days. Um, so the ones sitting in my queue right now to work on are one is the oldest one in the book, y'all. It is friends and family, like saying, hey, will you buy my product and give me a review? Yeah. Um, Amazon knows, just just telling you, they know if it's your aunt or your neighbor, they know. And it's not worth it to get those reviews um, because you think Amazon won't figure it out. They figure it out. That's good advice. Yeah. And if you, I was just having a flashback in in my account, I over the years in just my personal shopping account, I have sent so many people gifts off of Amazon. And mm -hmm. if I were to just now start asking them for reviews on my new product or to buy my product, like that's obvious because everything is so linked and tracked and we've all been shopping on Amazon for a long time. So yeah. And it seems fine to be like, Hey, you're my friend, family, buy this, write a review, but still not a good idea. Right. And if you're familiar with Spokio or other similar online services, uh, it's kind of like a background check. So if someone looked me up on Spokio, you could see everyone who I've lived with. My parents' names would come up. My college roommate's name would come up. Anyone who you've shared an address with. So that is another way that they find these things. They can tell that someone's in your neighborhood. I always remind people that Amazon's data services component, AWS, they provide services to the National Security Agency. Those are the guys who track the metadata um, from your from phones that they they gather all of the data from phone calls to look for terrorists. If they mm. can do that, they can figure out that your aunt bought your book, um, or <laughs> yep. that your or that your brother's neighbor bought your new face cream. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out. Uh, another one that is a case I'm working on right now. Um, someone used us some software that is used to scrape uh, the negative reviews that come into your account. So if they got a negative review on a product, they were immediately refunding that purchase without a request from the buyer for a refund. And then messaging oh. them through buyer-seller messaging and saying, we gave you a refund. Would you consider removing the review? Hmm. That's a no. You cannot ask anyone to change a product review or remove a negative product review. You can um, talk to them in a positive customer service way, but you can't explicitly say change your review. Yes. And I always encourage anyone who gets a negative review and it hurts, especially as a new seller. And if you do the Vine program and you get two, three stars and I understand it hurts, but then you just got to keep improving your customer experience and work to get your five-star reviews. And I just let those ones sit. I, I've never gone after anybody for, for leaving me a negative review. Like it's, it's to be expected. You can't be a successful seller without having a few negative reviews. So if you take some on the chin and it's early in your selling journey, you're just getting a little tougher. Yeah. And it is hard. It's hard and frustrating to get positive reviews. Absolutely. But when you see these rather large accounts taken down for five friends and family reviews, um, that, which blows my mind. 
And so this, this guy that I'm working on right now, he had five friends and family reviews, and then he gave those refunds and he got three people to remove their negative reviews. And now his account is down. And so in the grand scheme of things, that is such a small, it's not like it was, he did something horrible and he wasn't paying people for reviews uh, or giving away free products even, although he was refunding. But who would want to lose their entire business over these tiny differences in your reviews? Yeah, it seems so small. It's not like he, you know, sent it out to 70 people. It was just a small handful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good warning and heads up. Like, just don't even do it on a small scale. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I wish I could figure out the magic of the size of the abuse, as they call it that triggers something and I can't because sometimes it seems so big that I'm like, how did someone get away with this this long and you didn't catch them? (laughs) Because we see abuse that is like crazy levels of abuse, right? And we're like, how did you solicit 390 positive reviews from people in return for free products and they just now caught you? And then there's other people who, you know, one guy was literally suspended because his I keep saying your aunt, it's for a reason. His aunt was in a book club and he did not ask her to do this. But in the book club, she like gave people his products and they said, it'd be great if you went and wrote a review on Amazon. And some of them did. And he got suspended. Oh, that's sad. The aunt was trying to help him. (laughs) Yeah. The good news is he got back up really fast. I think they believed us. (laughs) Can't even make up that story. This sweet woman just got her friends. Like it's like network marketing. She's a good salesperson. Can't blame her. (laughs) Yeah, she should be selling Tupperware for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If those parties still exist, put her in that. (laughs) Um, let me ask you this last question on suspension. With my coaching program, several people are coming in with the UPC codes that aren't from GS1. And now Amazon is sending them letters, warnings, maybe suspensions that their uh, UPC code is not, I guess it was probably resold or something. Right. So the good news is GS1 is now selling small packs, like one or three of UPCs that are cheap. So if you're a newer seller, you may not appreciate this, but five years ago, they were not cheap. There was not a way to like get cheap, <laughs> cheap, yeah. cheap like it was a true barrier to entry for people. They're freaking out. I can't spend a thousand dollars on, you know, and I get that. Yeah. Um, so it is cheap where you run into the problem is if you have an old recycled uh, UPC on the product and then trying to get it changed with Amazon. So if you do have an old recycled UPC right now and your product hasn't taken off yet, try and get the GS1 swapped in yeah. now. Because if it, cause if you can't, you might have to create a new listing and you want to do that now before it really hurts you for the ad spend that you're going to lose and all that stuff. Yeah. And I did that. I had a product that was selling probably for like seven months. And then I saw, um, you know, the big change. And we actually, for AMZ Insiders, had GS1 come and present for us on barcodes. And I had changed it before, but I did go and just pull down a couple of my listings and get GS1 codes because the products were doing really well. And I thought, hey, if they're doing well now, I can just relist them, take advantage of the honeymoon period again, and then 
yeah, I lost my reviews and a little bit of my ranking, but you know, luckily I'm in a really good Amazon community and I can get that back up and I know how to sell. That's where your confidence comes in that if you have confidence in your selling, you don't have to do anything that will manipulate. Well, and that was so smart of you to take the action then, because if you delay solving the problem, once you realize it is a problem, the longer you delay, the more you are just throwing money in a hole and you don't even know it, right? Because you're trying to build your BSR and then you build it and build it and they say, you have to have the GS1. So you were super smart to do that when you did. And so there's no way to just swap it out. Like even with, if somebody hired you, it's like, you can't just go in and be like, oh, all of a sudden here's a new barcode. Like it just doesn't work that way. So I will tell you, it's not supposed to work that way. (laughs) Um, We do have clients, especially large brands who have had problems with this because for example, their prefix changed because they got acquired and Amazon is just giving them all kinds of torture about now the it doesn't match anymore. The prefix doesn't match anymore with GS1. Uh, We have appealed and asked and asked and opened a ton of cases and gotten the, the GS1 added. So it still had the old UPC and then it also has the GS1 UPC. So sometimes if you answer, if you ask in enough cases and you escalate, sometimes they will help you out. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. It's like a 50, 50. So interesting. Very cool. See, I think I think what you do is just like so interesting and phenomenal. We'll probably have to have you back on again and we'll dig in like when there's more TOS changes because this is just great. So what advice do you have for individuals who are just now thinking to start their Amazon business and feeling like this is a competitive marketplace and, and scared because they hear these um, you know, suspension compliance issues that people have? So a lot of the newer sellers who run into serious problems that hurt their business, it's because they didn't do some homework up front and they didn't have someone like you to coach them on some of these issues like the GS1, perfect example, um, that, you know, what an easy mistake to make. So- Really do some research up front, understanding, okay, here's my big one. And I know you know a lot about how to choose a product to sell on Amazon. You're an expert on how to choose the right product. So you know there are certain categories that if you're a newbie, unless you already know this category from some other industry, don't do it. So like supplements are really profitable and a misery to sell in because of all the rules and the compliance and the black hats in the category. Um, So you got to pick something that you know, that you understand the rules around. If you sell anything that is topical, goes on the skin, on the body, or that you eat or ingest, uh, it's going to be a little harder. If you sell anything that touches a baby, it's going to be a little harder. Um, So choose a category that you're comfortable in and that you feel like you know the rules and then really read up on those rules. There's a lot of great information, even on government websites and then in the help for Seller Central on these different categories and testing. So a lot of the basics of avoiding problems with Amazon is around making sure that you know you can sell those products safely and you know what to do when there are problems. And then that whole invoice thing that we mentioned. And another is, y'all, you got to do your books. And I know that's not a compliance issue specifically, 
Um, a lot of sellers that we work with, they, they don't do their books until April 14th of the next year. Woo. <laughs> right. And so they don't realize that they have lost money or that they're working for free or that they're working for $2 an hour until the next year has already started. Um, you really have to track your costs, um, your mileage, uh, everything that you spend on inventory, your Amazon fees. You've really got to know your numbers so that you know you're headed the right direction. Because if you're not making money, you've got a course correct sooner rather than later. Yes, great advice. Always saying, get into your books. That's the heart of your business. If you aren't looking at your books and you're wondering where all your money goes, like dig into your books. Yeah, it's it's hard, but it's so important. And it's actually easier than most people think to actually look at the money that's coming in and out. And Yes, just knowing um, how to get everything set up properly from the beginning will give you a lot less pain points, especially if you're going to sell and exit your business like I did. There was a lot that I learned from the coaching program that when I went to sell my business to all these different people who were interested in buying from me, um, I had it pretty clean. Like I didn't have to have a lawyer come back in and remove listings or clean things up. So for me, I was like, okay, I at least did something right with like the the initial setup to set it up for somebody else to handle. So I was not a slave to my Amazon business forever. <laughs> and that's the goal, right? To run the business and not have it run you? Yes. <laughs> goal. <laughs> yes. Well, I am so excited for for your book and I'm excited to order it and read it. And I'll put the link link down. And it's the Amazon. Well, tell us the name of it. So it's the Amazon Incubator, uh, Grow Your Business or Hatch a New One. And we have a, a site set up at the, the, the first, amazonincubator.com. And if you go there, you can order the book and there's some bonuses as well. Um, so please check it out. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, some bonuses. We love bonuses. Awesome. Well, Leslie, this has been absolute wonderful conversation. And once again, congrats on growing Riverbend, your own Amazon success for over 10 years of selling. And of course, this book launch. So until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, Go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Fearless.